You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Very serious. Welcome to the mandatory Samson Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Joey. Oh, wow. You, you, uh, oh, you ruined my intro. You paused. That's Joey over there producing a rare honor. Little Joe Ferrari in the building. Say hi to everybody. What's going on? This is very cool to have you here. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today and for all your support. We really appreciate this. this is the 50th episode of the mandatory Samson Podcast. I have a little bit of a cold, Joey. I know, I hear it. Not going to lie to you, I don't feel great, but... You should feel awesome. This is 50. That is what's keeping me uh, afloat. It's my uh, light in a dark harbor or something (laughs) to that effect. Uh, We have a good show on tap today. We are going to start with quite a few updates at the top of the show. Caitlyn Jenner, the TPP, the Pope and Kim Davis, Shocker Amr, and then we have a report about ISIS and Americans attempting to join ISIS, the U.S., Hitting a Doctors Without Borders hospital uh, in an airstrike in Afghanistan. A little bit on the Oregon shooting from last week and some comments and fallout. We got Ben mm-hmm. Carson saying some things that are uh, people got upset about, but I, I don't know. We'll get into it at the end. Of, okay. You know, we'll get into it. Uh, and then we also have, if we have time, we're going to get into this angry Christian mom got upset about a, an assignment her kid got at school. Hmm. Uh, and then we're going to end with a quick 2016 update. Also, bringing it back just for a special episode because it's the 50th episode. Joey, you're going to read an excerpt from Fifty Shades Darker, the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, awesome. Uh, I don't know why you're acting like you didn't know that. (laughs) No, I'm happy. I can't wait to read Uh, it. Also, you have a fuck-up of the week. You have two fuck-ups of the week. Yes, I do. Because you had one and then I saw one that might potentially be pretty good that we're going to talk about. Yep. We'll do that in a little bit. Uh, By the way... Hockey returned last night. The New York Rangers three two over the Chicago Blackhawks. Is it preseason? No, this is the real, oh, real season. The regular season started. Rangers okay. ruined their banner raising celebration. The Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup last year. Rangers came into town, lit them up three two. Rangers heading to Columbus now. Nice. Um, let me tell you this for old times' sake. You ready for something, Joey? Yes. We're gonna have a word from our sponsor. Oh yay! What a pair! What a buy! Chesterfield king size at the new low price. Chesterfield regular. <laughs> and what a pair this is. Oh. Hollywood starlets Jean and Joan Corbett. It's easy to see why we picked them for Chesterfield's poster of the month. Let's see what size Chesterfield Jean likes. I go for regulars. They're best for me because they have the taste and mildness I want. I agree with what Jean says about Chesterfield's, except for the size. I've smoked king-size Chesterfields Whoa. ever since they came out. Buy a carton at the new low price. Chesterfield king-size. Chesterfield regular. They satisfy millions. They're best for you. Fantastic. Chesterfield cigarettes, thank you for all your support. And meanwhile, Gene and Joan Corbett, uh, such luminaries from films, uncredited extras in such films as The Caddy, Here Come the Girls, and Love Me or Leave Me. So quite a pedigree there nice. for the uh, the spokeswomen for chesterfield cigarettes is that nice joey yes they figured look they we had a little falling out with them Mm -hmm. uh we found out that apparently their cigarettes are harmful 
but we figured 50th episode let's bring them back in yeah. and let's you know just make amends for this this one-off episode so i think that was really good um i want to start out the show oh i, I wanted to say this. this is the last thing i have to say in a little intro part Carly Fiorina, I think I went after her pretty good last week. I said I had something else for this week. It's not going to fit in, but I promise you next week I'm going to have something about Carly Fiorina and her buddy Steve Jobs that she claims Steve Jobs called her when she got canned from HP. Well, there's there's a situation that took place uh, where Steve Jobs just took her to task on on a a business deal between HP and Apple where she really blew it and Steve Jobs like took way took advantage of her so we'll talk about that next week but I just want to put it out there that we definitely have the Carly Fiorina stuff done nice Um, all right Caitlyn Jenner, listen, this is a quick, very quick update. Los Angeles County DA Jackie Lacey has decided not to charge Caitlyn Jenner with misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter or any crime in connection with the fatal car crash she was involved in last February. Her conduct was, quote, not unreasonable. So Caitlyn Jenner kills somebody driving, you know, it seems like at an unsafe way, kills somebody, but she's not going to face any punishment for that. Listen, there was 161 pages in the report. Right. If did they you read it? What did you I, think? I, I, did not, I, I did not read the report. If I could get the report, I will read the report. But accidents happen. How? Why? Was that in the report? How and why accidents happen? <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because that was something we talked about. We speculated maybe she would get uh, some kind of punishment for that. But it's. I think you pretty much were like, no, there's no way that they're going to, you know. To me, it seemed like an accident. Well, for you, well, it didn't seem like an. I mean, of course, okay. it's an accident, but I, but I think it's like nothing. Community service, like that family lost somebody because this person was dicking around. Seems like it's a little bit of responsibility, but whatever. They're not bringing charges. It is what it is. We're just doing a quick update on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna do an update on the TPP in a second. Um, but what? Why don't you want to do the fuck ups of the week now? Yeah. Okay, or do you want to do it. one? We'll space them out. Whatever you want to do. Let's. Do them both and get it out of the way. All right. So both the fuck up of the week has to do with Twitter. Oh, terrific. So this is a themed fuck up of the week. Yes, it is. For MSP 50. 50. Oh, by the way, you don't have to worry about doing titles this week because I'm, I'm done with you as oh, far as wow. that's concerned. Uh, we got little Joe Herrera. He's going to be looking for titles. And we also have Shelby, who's the shit over here. He's our other producer in studio. This is a big show, so we like to have two people just on staff making sure things are working out. So Shelby's going to pay attention, too, and he might be able to uh, do a title. You want to say hi to anybody, Shelby? You just want to want to drop in for a quick sec? What's up to people of all stars and stripes? Yes. All right. Shelby to dynamite. Uh, All right, Joey. Fuck up of the week. Let's do it. So one of the fuck ups of the week belongs to UK woman who tweeted hashtag kill all white men. Wow. Now I agree with her. (laughs) No. What? What? Why? What's her name? uh, Her name is Bahar. She's from the UK. You're saying 28. Yeah. She's from the UK. She happens to be a equality officer at Goldsmiths University of London. All right. What does that mean, an equality officer? It doesn't seem like she's really for equality. She no, wants to it kill all white men. Why? Maybe she thinks if you get rid of all the white men, more people could be equal. I, I guess, yeah. Or she thinks all white people should be killed equally. So Bahar has been charged by police for sending a threatening communication <laughs> by public communication network between November 10th, 2014 and May 31st, 2015. All right. Obviously, the... The uh, tweet has been deleted. Sure. I hate when people delete their tweets. It's like, you know what? You said it. Just deal with it. Yeah, well, on this one, they uh, 
needed her to do it. All right. According to some news sources, she is not a student, but an employee of the independent students elected by union members. All right. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So what was her point, though? Why did she want to kill all men? Like, what, what is that about? I don't know. Are you kidding me? That's your fuck up. The way you know that she tweeted it, but you don't know what her rationale was. I'm sure she explained herself when when she got you know yelled at. A woman interviewed under caution regarding a complaint of racially motivated malicious communication made on social media network has been summoned to court. So she's going to court, and I will stay on top of this so I can tell you how she defends herself in court. Yeah, well, I want to know what why she she. You know, she posted that. Is it re- religiously motivated? Is she is uh, Muslim? It sounds like she is. Uh, yes. I don't know. Okay. Well, we're going to find out when she goes to court. <laughs> All right. Well, stay on top of that. I mean, I, you know, look, I'm I'm white. I feel good being alive. I mean, I'm sick, but it's nice to be here. And I don't think we should be killed. I mean, everybody in this room is white. And I feel like we're all pretty nice people. Yes. What's what's your other fuck up of the week? The this second, is the one that I sent to you, which yes. I, I like. Uh, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, Rupert Murdoch, the guy that owns every newspaper and news channel in the world. So let me just read his tweet, and you can tell me what you think. Please do. Ben and Candy Carson, terrific. What about a real black president who can probably (laughs) address the racial divide and much else? It's uh, not probably a good idea to say a real black president, like because the implication is that Obama. What does that imply? That Obama is not really black. Why? What does that even mean? Like, it's such an interesting thing to say. I'm not defending him, but I, Mm -hmm. I guarantee he just worded that wrong. Like he meant to word that differently. But it, I mean, I, or maybe he didn't because he's a total asshole. I, I hate Rupert Murdoch, but uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. What, what do you think about that? That he says implying that Ben Carson is quote real black and Obama is not. What, what does that even mean? I, I I I don't know what he was thinking, but the important thing is it only took him eleven hours to send the apology. Yeah, well, you know what? He should he should just kill himself then if he's going to apologize. Like, how dare you, Rupert Murdoch? Just let it hang. What did he say? Do you have his apology? Yes, apologies. No offense meant. Personally, find both men charming. Ah, oh, fuck yourself. You do not. Also, I hate the way he tweets. I don't know why he can't tweet in full sentences. It's always like these little, uh, like, fragmented comments. Like, real black. Candy Carson. Terrific. Like, oh, shut your mouth. He, uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, at least I guess he doesn't think Obama's born in Kenya then, right? Most likely. Do you think the tweet would have read differently uh-huh. if he didn't put black in it? Read the tweet to me again. Okay, I'm going to read it without. No, read it. Okay, read the it way again. it was. Ben and Candy Carson, terrific. What about a real black president who can probably address the racial divide and much else? Oh, no. You know what? Never mind. Now that you, like I read it a couple of times last night, I thought maybe he like just put words in the wrong order, but no, that doesn't make sense. I mean, he's, he's literally saying like Obama's not really black, which I don't even understand what that means because I would think that Rupert Murdoch probably opposes a lot of Obama's policies. And a lot of times Obama gets criticized on people on the right that like black people only voted for him because he's black and that he's giving like welfare money. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's like all this shit. So that doesn't really even make sense in any context. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I'd like to see Rupert Murdoch's plane crash. Oh, what, Joey? What is the big deal? I'm just saying I'm not I don't think it's going to happen just because no, I said I, it. I, OK, uh, it'd be interesting. And those are your fuck ups of the week. <laughs> all right. Great. Terrific job. Uh, let's get into the TPP thing. Uh, on Monday, this is now, of course, this is something that we've talked about a bunch At of times length. on the podcast. Yeah. But we haven't talked about it in a little bit. Uh, this is just an update on it. We, we already talked about a lot of it. On Monday, the 12 nation trade pack pact reached final agreement. Next step is to get Congress to pass it. 
they have 90 days to review it and then vote yes or no because we've talked about Mm -hmm. at length the tpa the trade promotion authority means that they can only vote yes or no they can't filibuster or do any kind of amendments to this thing it'll get fast track authority as obama wanted which is a huge mistake um yeah, I mean, it's of course. Now we wait for the 30 chapters to be released so we can know and Congress can know what's in this agreement, but they're going, it's going to pass. Mm-hmm. There, there, it seems like there's no way it's not going to. Some issues we already know about the, um, the TPP is the ISDS, the in, uh, Investor State Dispute Settlement, which means, um, they can overrule national courts. They can award tax money as settlements. Uh, so basically like international law or whatever, like individual na- national law mm-hmm. doesn't stand up against the TPP like countries, which is pretty insane. Uh, stringent copyright laws, prison time for file sharing, et cetera. We've gotten it. Yeah. Length. So, I mean, if you guys go back and listen, there's, uh, we've talked about it a ton, but anyway, the next step is now this will be interesting because chapters will be coming out. And we can actually see what is in this TPP deal because only a couple of things have leaked and what has leaked sounds awful. I'll be, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I think when I read it, it's going to make me want to cry. Well, all right. Save it for the show if you are going to tear up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was always against it. Hillary Clinton came out yesterday, like at the announcement mm-hmm. that we were going to try to pass it, uh, that she's against it. So that's good. However, we already played a clip of Hillary Clinton where she was basically promoting it as Secretary of State. So it's a little disingenuous. Yeah. That, that's the problem with, with Hillary. I think she, you know, she sways in the wind. Like if polling changes or opinion changes, she's like, no, of course I'm not for that. But it's like, I just changed my mind, which is fine to change your mind. But she always, always does. No matter, you know, like if a policy becomes unpopular, she's against it. If a policy becomes popular, she's for it. She never stays on track with what she thinks, even if it's she goes, she you'll never hear her be like, look, I know it's not uh, what the majority want, but I feel this way. She never does that. So you think she's a populist then? <laughs> uh, no, nah, I mean, I don't know. We don't have to label it that way. I, okay. I, I just think that she's the type of person that she's going to she's she's a politician. That's the okay. problem with her. She's a politician before she's anything else, I think. And she's going to try to. You know, she's going to try to come across like she knows better, but it's too late Mm -hmm. because she's changing it after the opinion already changes. You know, that's sort of what's working against her. And that's what works for Bernie Sanders, because like he is who he is. We've talked about this a number of times. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Enough with the TPP. We're going to stay on top of that, obviously. Pope Francis and Kim Davis update. So last week we talked about how Pope Francis had a meeting with Kim Davis. Yes. And we thought that was a little questionable, but it is what it is. The Vatican released a statement on the Pope's meeting with Kim Davis. Uh Uh-oh. I have the statement. Would you like to hear it? Yes. The brief meeting between Mrs. Kim Davis and Pope Francis at the Apostolic Nunciature in Washington, D.C. has continued to provoke comments and discussion. In order to contribute to an objective understanding of what transpired, I am able to clarify the following points. Pope Francis met with several dozen persons who had been invited by the Nunciature to, which is like their, you know, it's like their ambassador type thing, uh, to greet him as he prepared to leave Washington for New York City. Such brief greetings occur on all papal visits and are due to the Pope's characteristic kindness and availability. The only real audience granted by the Pope at the Nunciature was one 
was one with his former student and his family. This guy, who, by the way, has the best name of all time, Yeo Grassi. That's the guy's mm. name. He was a gay student of the Pope. That's the only person he like actually granted an audience with, with him and his family. Yeo Grassi. Uh, the Pope did not enter into the details of the situation with Mrs. Davis, and his meeting with her should not be considered a form of support uh, of her position in all of its particular and complex aspects. So, interesting, the Pope puts out a statement being like, no, I don't. I don't agree with Kim Davis. This seems like it goes against here. I wrote it down. Seems Mm -hmm. to imply his conscientious objector model wasn't specifically referring support for her, but a sort of general endorsement of it as a human right. We talked about that last week. So he didn't mention her. Listen to this even better. The archbishop who set up the meeting will be removed from the role at the first respectable opportunity, according to the New York times. So the Pope is actually going to fire the guy that got Kim Davis there. Yeah, which is great. I mean, I actually like that. What do you think about that, Joey? I feel bad for the guy. Well, he shouldn't have brought this lunatic to visit with the Pope. The Pope is, like we've suspected this whole time, is a pretty liberal guy. Uh, That sort of rubbed people the wrong way, Mm -hmm. people that were impressed with what he was talking about when he was here, that he visited with this Kim Davis, this idiot that's trying to, you know, hurt gay people. So are they saying that they met up with Kim Davis (laughs) in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, when the Pope was in uh, in DC, he met up with a number of people. Yeah, he did before the Pope left. They were like, so he does had that this- mean like somebody's like just flying out Kim Davis all over, like touring her? Well, she's yeah. I mean, she's kind of been like making the rounds, but she's app- making rounds now. Yeah, but uh-huh. apparently this Archbishop set up the meeting. The Pope, yeah, didn't yeah. Know I've it. read I've read about all about that. Right. So. Cool. I mean, I like that the Pope came out. I was like, no, I didn't, probably didn't want to meet with her. And he's pissed because yeah. he's going to fire this guy. So I just imagine him being like, God, he's like, you got to knock it off. You're just Oh, definitely. Yeah. He uh, he absolutely did. Yeah. Or what if he was just like, oh, this is all a ploy. Like, you got to like follow along with me, like pretend like like the gays. And then we have we have a plan. Like, I feel like they're like, oh, like you think that the Pope now is like you're ruining the, the yeah. media tour that we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I think. You know, I think the Pope is a pretty, uh, he's a pretty relaxed guy. I, like, we don't I mean, know what obviously, he's like behind closed doors. Huh? We don't know what, like, what he's like behind closed doors, though. No, we have no idea, but I'm just saying his public persona seems like he's pretty. The uh, Catholic Church might have, or like, could have just, you know, put the, like, put this all together. Like, this is what we need to do. They could have, but it doesn't seem, but it's, it, it seemed to, like, if they were going to do it, they could have done it in a better way. Like, the, the fact that he met with Kim Davis and it was like a couple of weeks before this really came out. Yeah. Like, that actually rubbed people the wrong way, so it doesn't make sense that they would have uh, they would have done it like that. You're right. I mean, it could all be a stage thing, but it, it seems like regardless, the archbishop, the archbishop that set this up, sucks. Yeah, he sucks, and he's going to get canned. So, yeah. bye. Well, see, to me, if you set up a meeting with the Pope in any fashion, it kind of shows some form of support, unless if you give a reason why he's meeting with the individual. Of course, and which th- they did not do. Totally, and the Pope probably is going to. You know, put something in place where he's probably going to get to approve the guest list now or whatever. And yeah. He'll like vet that a little more carefully, which I respect because if I was the Pope, I wouldn't want people just setting up these meetings. And especially we talk about it all the time. This Pope is pretty politically uh, savvy yes. and like in tune with what's going on in the world. So he knows what it looks like if he's going to meet with Kim Davis. But he's also not he's a nice guy. So it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he's going to be like, no, get her the fuck out of here. He's going to meet with her and just be like, whatever, do your thing. But. It's pretty cool that he, he put this out. And I like that he's willing to fire somebody. It's like, good. Yeah, he fucked up. Yeah. Accountability. We, he's a leader of the Pope. That's should have excommunicated the dude. He should. You're right. I he think should. that's a bit much. No, I think it's great. And then he should be like, he will be going to hell. Oh, yeah. Somebody, I forget what somebody wrote, but I, I, on the uh, SoundCloud comments, what the Pope was talking about. We never really got to the bottom of that. 
uh, Shocker Armor. This is uh, this is an update again from last week. What? Were you looking at the clock, Joey? What are you bored? No, not at all. Uh, Shocker Armor. This is an update from last week. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we talked about this guy. He's the last British prisoner at Guantanamo Bay. And we detailed, we played that video that detailed kind of like the horrible treatment that they have there. Mm-hmm. He has been cleared for release, which is good. Um, Clive Stafford Smith, who's his lawyer, told him he'd be released, and he had a really hard time accepting that. And I have some quotes about it. Stafford Smith and this guy, Ramsey Kassam, who is his uh, his other attorney. Uh, you want to hear some of these quotes? It, it just it, This just like kind of illuminates, I think, the situation more than even what we played last week, where you hear about the bad treatment. It's mm-hmm. like this is, the, this is the mindset where this guy is right now. And I think it's a, a shame that this guy has to live this way. <laughs> Excuse me, Ramsey Kasim, who's the City of Uni- City University of New York law professor and co-counsel for uh, Shaka Amr, said, "I explained it all to him, and that under U.S. law, we had a 30-day countdown, and at the end of that period, the path was clear for his return home. He kind of sat there silently uh, for what felt like an eternity, but was probably only 10 seconds. And then he started telling me about his shoes, and they were falling apart and held together by duct tape. He undid the tape, and the shoes basically fell apart." It dawned on me that he hadn't really taken in the news. It went in one ear and out the other. And maybe he kind of dismissed it. For some people, when you've been in that situation for so long, it's the only rational response that you must have heard wrong. I repeated everything, and then he looked up at me and said, are you being serious now? I said yes, and then he had this huge smile on his face. So we started talking and how he would envision wanting to return home. Then I have some other quotes from uh, Clive Stafford Smith on Amr's treatment and his fears. He told me to make clear to everyone that if he doesn't make it, it's not because he did anything. See, so this guy is being told he's being released, and he just still doesn't believe it because of the horrible treatment. Mm-hmm. Shocker has some very human fears. He's been called 239 for so long that he's worried that he won't respond to anything else. Mm-hmm. Indeed, whenever he talks to me, he keeps referring to this chap 239. One of Shocker's greatest fears is that one of his kids will say daddy and he won't reply because he's not being called 239. Now, again, this is somebody that's being... That's fucked up. It's... Yeah, it's inhuman. I mean, they literally dehumanize the guy. They call him mm-hmm. 239. They don't even call him by his name. And he hasn't done anything. This is somebody that's been held in captivity for 11, whatever. 13, 14 years. Yeah, 14 years. And it's like, they bro- you know, they, they broke somebody. And then they're going to put him back out into the world. It's like, he's going to have a really hard time readjusting to life. They've ruined his life, essentially. Well, absolutely. Not to mention the fact that they told him he was clear back in 2007. <laughs> right. And so why would he believe it? It's been eight years since he's been cleared. Uh, this is just the last quote I have, and then we can mm-hmm. move on to the uh, the the real like heart of this thing: the uh, the Kunduz hospital bombing, the the U.S. Yes. airstrike in Afghanistan, and then the uh, the organ shooting. But this is Shocker Amr's mindset, based as per his lawyer. One of the remarkable things about him is that he really doesn't want any revenge or consequences on people. He's told the Metropolitan Police that he won't cooperate in any prosecution of one of the small fries who was told to take part in his torture because he doesn't think it's their fault. What he does want very much is a sort of truth and reconciliation process just to make sure no one goes through this sort of nonsense again. One of the, This is really sad. One of the things Shocker said to me was that when people talk about torture, you tend to think about pulling out people's fingernails and so forth. But as far as he's concerned, the worst aspect of the torture is the day in, day out mistreatment. And if you don't do exactly as you're told, you're beaten up. Mm-hmm. This guy's been just been treated like a treated like a stray dog for you know a, a chunk of his life, and it's really sad. And I I really hope that they do actually let this guy out. He mm-hmm. has you know some kind of a semblance of a, of a life because. It's horrible. 
not only that, I hope they follow up and give him an opportunity to to live a life. Maybe help him find a job. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think he's probably going to have a pretty hard time being able to hold down a job or something like that. He, he's going to need some kind of, you know, he yeah. definitely needs assistance. There's no way. If he if he's not even sure if he's going to be able to respond to his own name, like mm-hmm. it's going to be, what is he going to do for a living, you know? Um. Yeah, I mean it's terrible, but hopefully he'll he'll get out and have, like you said, some kind of semblance of a life. Yeah. <coughs> uh, Jesus, I really feel terrible, Joe. I can't believe it. I'm hopped up on Dayquil, which feels a little bit better, but mm-hmm. I don't feel great. Well, have a drink. All right, you gonna talk for a second? No. Well, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna have a drink, and I'm just gonna <laughs> people are gonna sit there silently. All right, here we go. Polar seltzer, cranberry lime. Three second timeout while I have a sip, and Joey just sits there. So would you be upset if I start reading from Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, I'd be furious. So don't do that then. Yeah, that's reserved okay. for the end of the show. That way when people listen to this at midnight or whenever it's like 1.30 in the morning, you read this little Fifty Shades mm-hmm. of Grey thing, maybe their oh, their hand slips under their waistband, and then who knows? I don't know what's going on, but okay. just a little tantalizing thing at the end of the episode. I think it's going to be fun. Because it was very close to reading it, just, just right there. Yeah, I know, because you can't just talk extemporaneously just off the cuff. I don't know. Why don't you... You know what? Here, here's an idea. Here's MSP an idea. 50, why don't you... Thank the Samsonites for, you know, all their support. I would like to thank the Samsonites for all their support. And the nobodies out there because they keep me strong. The nobody. I like that He's we like finally broke you. What? He's like a parrot. He is a parrot. That's yeah. the best thing about Joe. Yeah. He, he will repeat what Oh, I that's say. mean. Come on, guys. You literally just said what he told you to say verbatim. He told me to say it. <laughs> I suggested you say something. I didn't <laughs> say exactly what to say. Uh, the nobodies. What was it? Oh, yeah. The noeyites. The noeyites. Yeah, but it's the nobodies. I think that's perfect. Uh, all right. What do you know about this Kunduz hospital bombing? Anything? Uh, from what I understand, there was some t- Taliban members okay. who happened to be injured. They're receiving medical treatment, right? And they happened to have a few weapons because I guess <coughs> they were, you know, the weapons were on them, and so they had some of the weapons at the the hospital. Kind of, yeah. There's some conflicting reports about this. Over the weekend, a U.S. military airstrike hit a Doctors Without Borders hospital in northern Afghanistan, killing 19 staff and patients, including three children, in what the U.N. Rights Chief Zaid Rad Al-Hussein says could amount to a war crime. Uh, we're going to say hospital doctors without borders, but it's actually an MSF, a medicine sans frontiers. It's like, it's like a different organization. But it's oh, okay. Uh, 37 wounded, still a bunch of people missing. Th- this is what's crazy about this thing. You, you're pretty much right, but mm-hmm. there's some conflicting reports about why this happened. The U S obviously is calling it a mistake and a tragedy. Barack Obama said on behalf of the American people, I extend my deepest condolences to the medical professionals and other civilians killed and injured in the tragic incident at a doctors without borders in Kunduz. So there's, they're claiming it's an accident. Mm-hmm. We have some stuff, uh, by Glenn Greenwald at the end where the reporting on this has been varied and incorrect in a lot of ways. Uh, there's 10,000 U.S. troops still in Afghanistan. We feel like we're not at war there, but, but apparently we're still troops. dropping bombs on the Taliban, who, by the way, just took over Kunduz. It's their first like takeover of a major city in the last 15 years. We're there, 10,000 troops. We're dropping bombs on them. The Taliban is still active. So what the fuck? Why are we even still there? I don't, I don't understand. We, we kind of perceive it like we left Afghanistan, but we didn't. Uh, I read the Barack Obama statement the u.s was supposedly and this is what you were Mm -hmm. getting at was trying to hit taliban targets in more of a defensive posture um the msf international president the doctors without borders president uh dr joanne Liu said in a statement that the hospital was quote deliberately bombed and the attack was quote 
unacceptable. Now, there's the part of the reason why she said this. There's been 12 strikes in that area around the hospital. Patients were burned alive in certain aspects. I don't know, actually, if I heard that the Taliban was specifically injured in the hospital, Mm -hmm. that they were being taken care of. Of course, it's possible. Uh, What they were suggesting is that the hospital was being used as like a human shield, that the Taliban, Mm -hmm. that they let the Taliban in and that they were there in the U.S., uh, intentionally blew up the facility to kill them, which is definitely a war crime. She continued, hospitals in conflict zones are protected spaces. We are working on the presumption of a war crime. This was not just an attack on our hospital. It was an attack on the Geneva Conventions. This cannot be tolerated. Uh, Doctors Without Borders also says they received no advance warning of the strike and denies that it was shielding Taliban fighters firing on coalition forces from the hospital using the building as a human shield, like I said. Uh, I have another statement actually from the uh, uh, as far as the human shield allegations are concerned. The gates of the hospital compound were closed all night, so no one that is not staff, a patient, or a caretaker was inside the hospital when the bombing happened. In any case, bombing a fully functioning hospital can never be justified. I also have a quote from Article 19 of the Geneva Convention because, like you're saying, even if they did have Taliban laying in the beds in there and that they Mm -hmm. were treating them and they had arms or whatever, that's still prohibited to attack them. This is from the Geneva Convention, the thing that I feel like is brought up quite a bit, but like nobody really knows what's in it probably. Mm -hmm. You assume you're not allowed to do a lot of this stuff. The the protection to which civilian hospitals are entitled shall not cease unless they are used to commit – outside their humanitarian duties acts harmful to the enemy protection may however cease only after due warning has been given naming in all appropriate cases a reasonable time limit and after such warning has remained unheeded so that was not given that was not given doctors without borders saying that didn't happen and the u.s hasn't said that they did give a warning because at first they're saying oh, i was an accident they're gonna end up having to come out and be like no we we intentionally targeted it but that'll come out in the fullness of time the fact that here's the mm-hmm. other part of this the fact that sick or wounded members of the armed forces are nursed in these hospitals or the presence of small arms and ammunition taken from such combatants and not yet been handed to the proper service shall not be considered to be acts harmful to the enemy. So they, again, like yeah, they wrote said, this years ago. Well, yeah, the 60s, right? Yeah. Or whatever, maybe even before that. But they, so, okay, so that's the real deal. So they, they would be allowed to have uh, Taliban fighters there and the U.S. apparently bombed the hospital and killed a bunch of people. How uh, high do you think that goes? Huh? How high up the chain do you think that goes? Well, somebody had a call in the strike, right? Somebody yeah, said, we're going to bomb the hospital. You're trying to say, what, is, did Obama have something to do with it? No, mm-hmm. I doubt it. I mean, that's always the, the presumption, I guess, that like the president is in on all this stuff. But no, they, they, the U.S. story is essentially that they were trying to defend um, Afghan forces on the ground, like part of their coalition on the ground. They were fighting and that the mm-hmm. U.S. flew over and performed an airstrike and that, oops, we didn't mean to hit that hospital. But it's becoming clearer that the U.S. did mean to hit that hospital. See, because it seems odd to me when you say 12, <laughs> 12 uh, situations or 12 bombings uh-huh. around the area. That seems like a lot Well, yeah, it's a lot because, because we're not – quote at war but we are 100% at war in Afghanistan still because if if they're if the Taliban is taking over parts in northern Afghanistan they're active. And, and the US has 10,000 troops there and we have planes ready to go attack them yeah we're we're actually fighting a war mm-hmm. there uh again the question becomes ha- how long does this continue if we're going to keep killing civilians if, if it's going to keep escalating 
you got to get out of there. We were supposed to be out of there already. Mm-hmm. Like Obama takes credit for ending the war in Afghanistan, but to me, ten thousand troops and airstrikes is not the end of the war. If you, you know, like mm-hmm. that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I have a clip of Glenn Greenwald who's been criticizing the New York Times and CNN's coverage of the airstrikes. This is a video from a HuffPost live interview, which I'm just going to play right now. It's about uh, two minutes, so let's just hear what Glenn Greenwald has to say. Again, Glenn Re- Greenwald. Great journalist, the guy that mm-hmm. helped break the uh, all the snow and information, yes. and uh, is is terrific. So, Glenn Greenwald of the New York Times and CNN uh, Kunda's coverage. In three, two, one, and a half. Now, you've also been criticizing the New York Times and CNN for the way that they've been covering this. Uh, I guess it's understandable, right? We know why governments <laughs> try to put a positive spin. Uh, on any kind of story. I don't know why this chick can't just spit it out. Get a little bass in your voice and just spit it out. We know what you're trying to say. Come on. Yeah. But what would be in it for the New York Times? They are an independent media outlet. They do good journalism sometimes and win big awards for it. Um, you know, so, so why would it be in their favor, in their interest at all to not just be straightforward about what happened? Yeah, I mean, why was it in their interest to, um, you know, sell the Iraq war to the American public by continuously printing uncritically false government claims from anonymous sources on their front page? <laughs> I like Glenn Greenwald does not give a fuck. This guy's the like when you talk about a pit bull journalist, like the, the type of guy that's really going to go after him. Yeah, that's him. He he is what I think he's what we envision. Like when people envision a character of a journalist or something, mm-hmm. or, or like a, a fictional portrayal in a movie, that's who it's supposed to be. But this guy's real. This guy's one hundred percent real, and he's not. Uh, he's ever not broke. Off- he's what? He's not broke. No, he's not. Certainly not broke. Tom Rogo. He uh, Glenn Greenwald's not afraid to go after power, and mm-hmm. that's the job of the media. Yeah, supposed to be the job of the media, and specifically journalists. That's what he should be doing, and he does it. Uh, pretty much better than anybody. Instead of actively investigating it, or why was it in their interest to suppress the story that there was uncovered in 2004 that the Bush administration was illegally spying on the telephone conversations of the American public instead of actually publishing that story? Um, you know, and I think we've seen this over and over, but in this case, I have to say, I mean, the behavior of the New York Times in particular, along with CNN, is even more disgraceful than than usual. I mean, it's really absolutely shameful how they behaved um, when it comes to reporting on the story. From the start, I mean, it was completely clear that this was an American attack. The U.S. military really didn't even try and obscure it. Um, They essentially, from the beginning, as you indicated in the opening, said, we think this is probably some collateral damage on, on a medical facility that we caused during an airstrike. Everyone knew this was from the United States. Um, and some media outlets said it explicitly, including the Wall Street Journal, where their headline was, a U.S. airstrike kills 19 people in a hospital in Afghanistan. Other media outlets were a little bit more cautious, saying a suspected airstrike by the U.S., but the New York Times has gone out of its way over and over in every article they publish to hide the fact that it's the U.S. that has done this. Their, their headlines will be things like, airstrike hits hospital, um, without actually saying who did it. Um, over and over, they just write their articles and their headlines to obscure rather than illuminate who is responsible for this attack. And um, I think what it shows is that so many U.S. media outlets and so many journalists and editors in these... And this is the key point here. That's mm-hmm. a great point. ...outlets um, have as their predominant <laughs> attribute when they do journalism, not truth-telling, not objectivity as they claim, but jingoism, this kind of uber-nationalism, this allegiance to their own government, 
either in part because that's just how they see the world um, or in part because they don't want to alienate the sources on whom they rely inside the government who feed them information. But whatever the reason, the reporting from the New York Times has been so atrocious that if you're a New York Times reader relying exclusively on that paper, you would literally have no idea that the United States is the country that actually perpetrated this attack. Hmm. So I like what he said there that they see, and that's that becomes the corrosive element between, you know, journalists who are tied up with politicians and trying to get these inside sources and why it's a problem when they're going to just deal with anonymous sources because the first of all, the information can be totally untrue mm-hmm. or it can be somewhat accurate, but they'd be unwilling to really report what's going on because they don't want to burn that bridge. And that's what yes. he's talking about. So, and that's a super, that's incredibly corrosive if you're a journalist trying to actually cover what's going on. And that's why the government is allowed to get away with and corporations and a lot of different things are able to get away with what they want to do because the journalists are not being uh, critical of them. I have a question for you. Yes, Joe. When someone says collateral, collateral damage, uh-huh. do you think they plan for that to begin with? Well, yeah, I mean, the by the no, the na- well, maybe the nature of collateral damage is that it's it's collateral. To, it's, yes, it's an accident. It's it's the side point of what they were trying to do. But I'm asking you, do you think they had the f- the Absolutely. knowledge that it was going to be? Absolutely. When we talk about dr- drone strikes uh, all over the place, where it's like, yeah, we killed one, you know, terrorist and forty of his cousins. That's their c- collateral damage. But yeah, of course, mm-hmm. I, I think that there's definitely and look. I think knowing what we know about a lot of the the polls that is t- are taken of the American public and things like that, if if the question was asked, should we if we could kill Bin Laden but we'd kill fourteen innocent people, mm. would you do it? I guarantee that a, a plurality of Americans would say yes. Yeah. Yes. And so when you take that into account, then then factor in you know when it's in a dark room and Obama and a bunch of like generals and people have to make that choice. You think the generals are going to be like, no, no, we have to protect the, you know, the fifteen-year-old uh, Pakistani kid? Mm-hmm. No, they're, they're not. So yeah, for sure, I think collateral damage is definitely something that is acceptable. I mean, not to me, it's acceptable, no, no, no. but I just mean acceptable on the part of people that are, are making decisions, and that sometimes, yeah, they're they're going to do that. It happens, you know, for sure. Yeah, for, collateral damage can definitely be something that they're uh, they're factoring in. And, they're like, okay. well, look, well, you know, yeah, we'll kill twenty people, but we can get the upper echelon of this group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to go for it. Definitely. Okay. Um, all right. Any any thoughts about that, or we can move on to the next thing? We can move on to the next. Thing. All right. Um, this is the Oregon shooting, which took place Thursday. I think pretty much while we were recording, mm-hmm. but it's too late at that point to to really get into it. Which is fine though, because we have a have a week now to look into it. Yeah, to look into it. So last Thursday's shooting at Umpqua, which I mean, they could not have thought of a better name for that community college. I mean, I know they're grieving, but maybe when they have a couple of minutes, they could. Think about <laughs> nine weapon college. Huh? Nine weapon college. Oh, Joey, how the fuck dare you? Those people are suffering. Uh, there was a shooting at Umqua Community College, left ten people dead and nine wounded. Thirteen weapons. Now, this the reason I bring this up. Oh, but, but I'm not going to say the guy's name. Okay. All right. We're going to get into that in a second. I just want to throw out yes. some facts, and then we'll, we'll have a conversation. And you guys feel free to jump in on that as well, Shelby and Little Joe Harari. Thirteen weapons were recovered, all of which were purchased legally. Mm-hmm. pistols rifles and a shotgun big conversation after any shooting which the united states how did they get has the a mass shooting pro- right we have to have tighter gun laws whatever maybe we do these were picked up legally though mm-hmm. he bought seven of them or something and his family had six of them uh president obama gave a 
lengthy response. It's like five minutes. I'm going to play it. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth listening to. This is the angriest I think I've ever heard the guy sound. And it's like, if he could have just been like, what the fuck are we doing? He would have done that, mm-hmm. but he can't do that. So this is the closest you're going to hear Obama be like, what the fuck guys. Uh, and let's just listen to that. And then we'll get into like a broader discussion of it. Uh, some of the fallout, Ben Carson and all mm-hmm. this stuff. All right. President Obama talking about the uh, shooting at Umpqua community college. Somehow this has become routine. I mean, have you ever seen, I mean, just even that first sentence, like, have you ever heard him? Like, yeah. No, he, he's upset. He's, he's not a happy camera, yeah. The reporting is routine. My response here at this podium ends up being routine. The conversation in the aftermath of it, we become <laughs> numb to this. We talked about this after Columbine and Blacksburg, after Tucson, uh, after Newtown, after Aurora, after Charleston. It cannot be this easy for somebody who wants to inflict harm on other people to get his or her hands on a gun. And what's become routine, of course, is the response of those who oppose any kind of common sense gun legislation. Right now, I can imagine the press release is being cranked out. We need more guns, they'll argue. Fewer gun safety laws. Does anybody really believe that? And of course, what's also routine is that somebody somewhere will comment and say, Obama politicized this issue. <coughs> well, this is something we should politicize. Uh, I mean, look, we can stop it there. We'll mm-hmm. continue. I agree, right? I mean, yes. w- that's always the conversation after something happens where you go, well, we shouldn't politicize a tragedy. But we gonna, we're going to politicize the tragedy, and the best time to talk about it is right after it happened because you can actually get the facts out, and people are paying... Excuse me, paying attention. Now, of course, emotions are running high usually after something like this. So, Jesus, excuse me. It's the polar seltzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, you know, emotions are running high. Yes. But that's when you talk about it because in America, it's like really short attention span on stuff like this. This is when you have to talk about it. Well, I think we're at the point where we have had enough of these events that we have to actually do something about it now. Right. I mean, the conversation is going to be what are we going to do about it? Uh, which we'll get to in a minute, but let's 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 continue here. It is relevant to our common life together, to the body politic. I would ask news organizations because I won't put these facts forward. I like what he does here. Mm-hmm. We have the facts. Have news organizations tally up the number of Americans who've been <laughs> killed through terrorist attacks over the last decade, and the number of Americans who've been killed by gun violence and post those side by side on your news reports this won't be information coming from me it will be coming from you <laughs> i like that Obama, see like he's really he's turned a corner it's too bad that he wasn't like this the entire yeah, time it's but too he, late he's turned a corner he's like listen dummies this is how you got to do it report well mm-hmm. put the information out there he's getting pissed off kind of sounds like a principal in an inner city school and like one of those why, why ni- is it got to be an inner city school Joe? like in the 90s movies okay yeah 
Absolutely. And he's going to go in there and yeah. teach somebody how to play saxophone or something. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I know. No, absolutely. But that's, but it's Lean funny. on me. Life lessons. Life No, but lessons. that's what's funny. That's what I'm enjoying about it. I mean, it's not funny, obviously, the situation, but I mm-hmm. like his response to it. And lately, he's been like this, where he's just I'm like, responding to this. Like, this is like, he's getting to me. You know, like, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Because he's, he's had enough. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. He's really, he should have been doing this the whole time. Uh, Joey, and you guys can guess too, American Deaths by Terrorism. Uh, in the last 10 years, how many people have died? I'm going to go with 3,000. Okay. I'm going to go with 15. 15. All right. Shelby, care to wager a guess there? 37. 37. All right. The answer is 3,380. Most of those were killed overseas. Okay. Well, actually, no. I mean, you know, uh, 9-11 obviously mm-hmm. is factored into that. But then after the fact, a lot of them are overseas. American deaths by gun violence care to wager on that in the same time period same time period yeah six thousand six thousand a hundred and twenty thousand okay shall we three thousand fifteen all right i like where your head's at everybody wrong way too low right four hundred and six thousand four hundred ninety six people have been killed by gun violence in the united states that's insane so tremendous i mean a hundred times more people have been killed by gun violence rather than so do i get to spin the wheel now or? yes you get to uh you're just going to the showdown the showcase showdown and then we'll get to you later uh so you brought up this point so okay let, let's finish with obama's uh mm-hmm. comments here you know what no let's continue we spend over a trillion dollars and pass countless laws and devote entire agencies to preventing terrorist attacks on our soil, and rightfully so. And yet, we have a Congress that explicitly blocks us from even collecting data (coughs) on how we could potentially reduce gun deaths. The CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control, had gun control research restricted in 1996 by Congress. So we really don't know how to effectively combat this issue aside from broadly... Why would the CDC... uh do research on it well because it's one of the it's a good question one of one of the mental disease do they also cover that yeah i mean uh, they come it's anything that becomes a public health issue because there's not really another or you know group that's doing it there is though it's so called bullets the, are a public health like issue yes yeah. with dead people yeah. americans dying from like a, a a big problem the national institute of health is also banned from doing any kind of research the funding dropped uh 96 percent between 1996 <laughs> and 2012 two million dollars is being spent on gun violence mm-hmm. by the CDC. Twenty-one million for headaches. So interesting. So, so when someone tells you there's four hundred thousand people dying from guns, don't you think we should take uh, spend a little bit more money on that? Uh, possibly, yeah. yeah. CDC budget restriction language: none of the funds made available for injury prevention and control at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention may be used to advocate or promote gun control. Now, this is obviously this is the NRA effect, mm-hmm. and it's the effect that they have on different politicians. John Boehner, the outgoing Speaker of the House, he was like, "Let them worry about you know sickness, guns. Leave guns alone." That was his you know little comment about the situation. Let Let's finish up with what Obama's saying here, and then we'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll move on. How can that be? It's a good question. How can it be? This is a political choice that we make. (coughs) To allow this to happen every few months in America. When Americans are killed in mine disasters, we work to make mines safer. 
When Americans are killed in floods and hurricanes, we make communities safer. When roads are unsafe, we fix them to reduce auto fatalities. We have seatbelt laws because we know it saves lives. Bullshit. You have seatbelt laws so cops can get into my car and try to find my weed stash. Obama. So the notion that gun violence is somehow different, that our freedom and our Constitution should make colleges safer. Prohibits. Huh? Should just make colleges safer. That's. What do you mean? Just make colleges safer. Like, so people can't get shot at colleges? Yeah, yeah just keep guns, yeah. make colleges safer. Except the issue is just not limited to to colleges. Sandy Hook's an example of that. Schools. Yeah, but that's schools. Educational well, places. We're going to get we're gonna get into that because I have a clip of a guy that was involved in a shooting. We should just said, give teachers guns. Well, that, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I know you're fucking with me, but that's the clip that we're going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to get into that discussion in a minute. The other aspect of it, it's like we talk about making colleges safer. You shouldn't have guns on campus. Well, Texas has like open carry on college campuses. Like, No, they don't. Th- yeah, the situation is getting worse. Yeah, it's, of course it's insane, right? Any modest regulation of how we use a deadly weapon when there are law-abiding gun owners all across the country who could hunt and protect their families and do everything they do under such regulations. Doesn't make sense. I hope and pray that I don't have to come out again during my tenure as president to offer my condolences to families in these circumstances. But based on my experience as president, I can't guarantee that. And that's terrible to say. And it can change. May God bless the memories of those who were killed today. May he bring comfort to their families and courage to the injured as they fight their way back. I mean, it's a good statement. I don't like how Obama assumed that God was a man. Hail I Satan. Mean, it's a little, uh, I, uh, yeah, all right. Hail Baphomet. Well, here's my question. At one point, did it become his job to come out to inform the public and to give his condolences? It seemed... Are you kidding me? He's the president. He has to do that. What do, we, what do you think? Who's going to do it? Biden? Well, I, Biden can I, do it, I, 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 I just feel that it seemed to me like a strange project uh practice well it's pretty con- i mean it's right, now beca- i mean now it's strange because he does it every two weeks it's mm-hmm. like somehow ha- you know when it only happened once in a while you know then obviously because it was like oh my god i can't believe this is happening but right but now it's just the same shit they can just play him saying yeah, it's it commonplace yeah. yeah so it's a plug in di- a different town uh should we say the name of shooters this is the question Torre, who's a writer and a guy that used to have an msnbc show i, I was not crazy about that show but he suggested in a vice article that after 24 hours no we shouldn't and based on research that we've talked about on this show mm-hmm. fame and validation are factors and motivating factors in, in in some kind of shootings being copycats and seeing the notoriety and yes and you know being validated so like i said i don't think we should i mean unless the shooting happens the day before the podcast you're probably not going to hear us say the shooter's name's fine I, I get it i mean i'm not pretending like this show somehow like influences the national dialogue but whatever i can get on board yes. with that and i think it's fine do you you have thoughts about that joey what do you, what do you think 
<laughs> because we've talked about it before. Yeah, like I have. think it's relevant to know the guy's name. But right, but why do we have to keep publishing it, you know, days and weeks after the fact? The the 24-hour thing does seem to make sense to me. But again, uh, see, it's just just difficult because I would like to know how much of this is because of mentally ill well, situation. Yeah, I mean, look, that's another thing that's been coming out too where people who are mentally ill are mo- most likely to hurt themselves as opposed to lashing out at other people. I think what we're taught what we really should be re- we should be shifting the focus to it's not just mentally ill, it's people that are on certain types of medication which we've talked mm-hmm. about that cause violent outbreaks. It's also outbreaks, outbursts, and it's also people who are marginalized. That's the other aspect of it. Where these fucking weirdos feel like they have to lash out to get the attention that they deserve and they feel, you know, downtrodden and all this stuff. It is, you know, it is potentially a mental health thing, but it's, I think it's the obvious factor is that guns are so readily available. Mm -hmm. That's number one. And because the gun manufacturing has just gone through the roof in the United States over the last, whatever, 20 years. And, you know, yeah, there there is some element of of mental illness, but it's not the person who is you know running around uh, being completely out of control. That's not what it seems like. It seems like people who are, in some regards, rational. They're able to mm-hmm. you know maintain some kind of lifestyle where they're they're at least in communities online and their family. People are surprised. By the way, this kid's uh, stepsister. So her interviewed. She is a, a looker. I'm just going to say that it has not neither here nor there with the shooting, but she's it's very attractive. Like but I saw her interviewed and you know, she was like, no, we're shocked with this. Like, this is not how he was like, yeah. It, so it's it, w- yes. While w- mental issues are, have some, obviously something to do with it. We're going to go out and kill people. Mm-hmm. It's not people that are just like stark raving mad running around. Um, you know, and it is, it is the amount of guns that are just available and it could have something to do. Definitely has something to do with the medication that maybe makes you more prone to do something violent. Because, see, I <coughs> see with this, I think at the end of the day, even if you do, like after twenty four hours, not say the name, I I don't think that's going to be in the shooter's mind at all to begin with. Anyway, you don't think so, that, that will make a difference? Like yes. they are still going to think, oh, that twenty four hour period is nice. And I I I don't think they're even thinking about that twenty four hour period. To 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 be honest with you, well, what do you mean? Well, what do you mean that they're not thinking about that twenty four hour period? Well, I it's it's my assumption that we have people who are mentally ill or many things wrong and are outlashing. I I don't believe that you have all these people shooting up schools or colleges because they want to be famous for twenty four hours. Yeah, but I disagree. I mean, that's not true. I think I th- first of all, we're saying this twenty four hour thing, and this guy's putting it out there, and maybe some you know networks will get on board with that mm-hmm. let's be fucking honest cnn msnbc nbc fox they're gonna mention this guy's name a billion times that's not yes. gonna happen i mean realistically the our news media our for-profit news is not going to not mention the guy there's no way so we're just talking pretty much hypothetically mm-hmm. Th- that's not gonna happen and but i, I disagree with you because we read that study a couple of weeks ago i can't remember what it was called where it is fame and validation is like a huge factor in this. And when you, you know, you talk about the Aurora shooting or any, any of the stuff, the person's name gets put out there over and over again. And that's where the illness is. You know, it's not this, uh, maybe like consistently violent behavior, but that's the illness where people feel depressed and marginalized and they, they decide that that's the way to lash out and to get the validation that they're seeking. That, that's the problem. And that might be, kind of the unspoken thing in this that that is an american 
psyche issue. Like that's what's wrong with our culture to begin with, that everybody's kind of looking for fame. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. talked about this when we were talking about the culture. So uh, when we were talking about the study. So, okay, th- that's one aspect of it. Now I have this guy, uh, Frank Hall. He was being interviewed on Fox and Friends. This is like two minutes. We'll listen to him talk. Okay. Where he suggests... Uh, well, he was involved in what the hell was it called? I forget. They, they, they do a little intro for him. So let's just play this video and then we can have a kind of a discussion about what he has to say. So this is this is this guy, Frank Hall and Fox and Friends. It's like to stare down the barrel of a gun. He saved countless lives confronting a gunman who stormed his Ohio high school in 2012, <laughs> killing three students. He says we need armed guards to. Pre- All right, so he stormed a gunman at an Ohio high school. This guy mm-hmm. now, this is what he has to say about it. And I disagree with them on a couple of different levels but let's hear what he has to say protect our kids joining us now is the former chardon high school football coach frank hall frank great to see you back here on the show thanks so much for joining us thank you guys frank for those people who aren't familiar with your story what happened back in 2012 uh we came to school that day that morning we started off in the cafeteria and um there was a a a young man that came in and uh wanted to kill our kids and um uh that day we lost a young man and um, you know, I, I was able to confront him, chase him out of the school, and uh, we weren't we were able to keep him from going into any classrooms. And uh, you know, we, we were able to save lives that day. And um, just need, we need to learn from that situation. Now, could be luck, right? It could be luck that this guy confronted this kid and it happened to go well. Mm-hmm. It could also be the case that he could this guy could be in a grave. There, there's yes. you know, all right. So what do we learn from that situation? How could have what happened in Oregon uh, been different if they had armed guards at that school? Now, and this is where the conversation, this, Joe is joking about it, he brought it up, but this is where the conversation goes. You know, not just armed guards, but, but, but police officers, trained <laughs> police officers, SRO, school resource officers, they're there every day working with the students, working with the administration. Um, and, and, and look, as a, as a school administrator, when someone comes and tells you um, that someone has a gun or someone has a knife, you know, has an unarmed person, you, 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 we're expected to go and confront that person with, with, with a weapon or, or uh, um, something like that. Uh, we need to protect our children. It's not a, a, a blue state issue or a red state issue. It's a children's safety issue. You know, it seems like that because this school in Oregon is a gun-free zone, that the wording of its policy seems to imply that the, the state law that allows concealed carry arms actually would trump the school's policy. So shouldn't that have been the case there at that school, that the, that the policy of the school gets trumped by state law? Absolutely. Those two police officers that, that, that went, went against protocol and went in on their own and uh, took down this killer, imagine if they'd have been there on post. If they'd have been there, perhaps uh, we lose one life, perhaps we lose two lives. Uh, but I guarantee you, if they'd have been on duty, on post, on, on station at that school, uh, lives would have been saved. And, um, you know, for us to sit here and, and, and to bicker about whether state law supersedes this or that, it's ludicrous. You know, we need to save people's lives, and the only way we're going to do that is to have people there to protect them. Oh, yeah. Okay, so his contention is that if they had armed police officers mm-hmm. at every school, I guess, in America, this would the shootings would never happen? Yeah, see, from what I've read, there in this country, there's one gun for every individual in this country. <laughs> right, but only like 37% of people actually have guns. Yeah. Well, okay, but, but my, my, my point about this mm-hmm. guy saying that, first of all, I don't necessarily think that's true. You're going to have to have extremely well-trained cops in every school in America or whatever he's talking mm-hmm. about. But let's assume he's saying in every, every campus or whatever, uh, at best, 
it's like 40% accuracy for cops. And that's at like a zero to 10 foot range. I was doing some research last night. We've talked about it before. So that's like best case scenario. They're going to miss way more than they're going to hit. Mm-hmm. And that's th- now factor that into how many different, how many cops and how many different schools you're going to have to have them in what every classroom, the other aspect of it. So that's unrealistic. And then the other aspect of it is, Think about the chilling effect that'll have on actual education. Like now you're not going to school. You're going to some kind of like weird compound that has mm-hmm. cops running around with guns and all this shit. And then you know that it's going to get expanded beyond like they're just there to protect to like, let me see your bag. What are you doing there? Like they're going to get involved in ways that they shouldn't be getting involved in. You don't want a cop in your class when you're having a discussion because education is about having different arguments and different conversations. Mm-hmm. You're not going to want a co- guy there with a fucking gun. And it's also silly to assume that the cop's going to be standing there paying attention at all times. Or is he going to be hyper vigilant? The guy's just going to be downing Red Bulls and like smoking math. He's just going to be, I'm ready. I'm ready for a shooter to come in. Like that's not the, that's not, that's not a realistic situation. I don't think. No, it's not. It's just not. See, I, I feel if we limited the amount of gun. Uh, the guns people can get their hands on, right. then you wouldn't need the guards there at the schools because the kids won't have the weapons to cause a shooting. Of course. I mean, the the real issue is that we're, we love, we think that the Second Amendment is this in like untouchable right to have guns. And again, we've talked about it before. If you want to have a gun in your house, I guess, maybe one gun or whatever, limited to self-defense type of thing, fine. If you want to go hunting, fine. The problem is that, like you just said, there's probably a gun, one gun for every person in America. That's a huge problem. And I I don't know. Maybe I don't know how the laws are written because obviously this kid was able to get the guns legally. How how is that possible? You know, there, what what can we do as far as changing those laws to keep this kid from being able to get guns? The other aspect of it though is like you're probably not going to be able to stop these things with the amount of guns that are in the country. That's just the reality. Yeah, and- like that. That's the that is the thing that gets glossed over because of NRA and all this stuff. The fact that there's too many guns is why we're not going to be able to stop these. Because uh, they, they always go with this argument, the only thing to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. That's not true. You're, you're all, like I said, the accuracy thing is a huge factor in this. You can have cops running around a school. What if they're wrong? That's the other aspect of it. You, mm-hmm. Okay. And then say they're right. There is a guy that comes in and gets a couple of shots off. Now you got cops firing bullets around the whole uh, thing. Yeah, you guys want to say something? Go for it. Did you hear uh, the guy in Texas, the civilian? Like a lot of people are saying like if, if there's like a mall shooting, oh, if there was another person there with a gun, they could have stopped them. There's a like last week in Texas – these two people were carjacking this guy uh-huh. and this civilian. A lot of people down there in Texas have guns. He pulled out his gun, was going to save him, shot the driver sure. through the head, and then he said, oh, fuck, what have I done? He picked up his shell casings and took off. They're like, can't catch him. <laughs> Phenomenal. Hmm. Okay, I didn't hear about that story, but right, but that's a, that's a, exactly what we're talking about. Like, fuck-ups are going to happen. It was the same thing with the Aurora shooting, which was the craziest one where they were like, God, man, could you too bad a lot of those people that went to see Batman, too bad they didn't have guns. Like, oh, yeah, we want people firing off rounds indiscriminately in a dark movie theater. Like, exactly. It's chaotic. And then what do you do do? if the shooter kills three kids, but the fucking cops that are on on guard there shoot 12 on the one? Like, that's that's a nightmare scenario. And also the the other. It's just foolhardy. With that, too. But also when you have a lot of these cops having these issues where they 
go over the line or, or might be <laughs> unstable and you're giving them a gun to be around oh, children. absolutely, right, uh, right. It's not a good exactly. solution. That's a great point, Joey, right. They can't stop shooting black people on the street. They, they, we're going to have them in, in, yeah, in these high-pressure situations. It's just not a good idea. Ben Carson, <laughs> who is uh, in second place in the Republican... Uh, um, polling polling yeah he uh he went on a little bit of a media tour this week and said some things that he's getting you know negative response to i kind of get what he's saying i'm being honest but we'll we'll talk about it let's okay. let's play a couple little uh ben carson clips so the first one he was on fox uh being interviewed by steve Ducey and what's her face elizabeth hasselbeck mm-hmm. and i can't think of the third guy's name but it doesn't matter all right this is ben carson talking about his oregon shooting strategy on a, a fox a, a fox panel show why don't people understand that yeah. you know people really understood you and i think got a good glimpse in your heart when you posted this picture went viral online hashtag i am christian uh, oh like come it, on i'm so glad he put that out there because really i didn't know he was and i think it's important because there is 100% a war on Christianity in this country. Oh. Explain that. Well, you know, the, the, the poor families of those individuals had to be hurting so badly. And the fact that... Pe- I like the way he says badly. He says badly. Mm-hmm. I believe that this nation has Judeo-Christian roots. And why are we so busy trying... <laughs> I like that he says he believes something that is fact. Like, they were founded <laughs> by people that, yes. that had that religious belief. Okay. They give those away for the sake of political correctness. You know, when you give away your identity, you give away your soul. And- what? Mm. What is this guy talking about? I, I don't know. That It's deep, though. Don't know what he's talking about, well, but listen, that was deep. He is real black, this guy, according to Rupert Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the book of Proverbs, it says, without a vision, the people perish. We can't give away who we are. Could you imagine this guy actually being president? I mean, is this real? I mean, do do you believe that he, like, nobody, this guy cannot be president. Nobody's going to vote for this guy. It's also staggering to me that a dude who is obviously brilliant, I mean, he's a brain, a brilliant brain surgeon. Mm -hmm. He's the dumbest smart person I've ever seen. It's staggering, his beliefs. How could you at the same time be, like, super Christian, I really read the bible all the time i believe in something that's not real and also be able to separate siamese twins it just doesn't it's mind-boggling to me also it's like listening to grass grow this guy mm-hmm. talking all right and what we stand for and what our vision is but, but dr carson if a gunman walks up and puts a gun at you and says what religion are you that is the ultimate test of your faith I'm gl- which by oh hold on did you ask that question Okay, so he's glad he asked that question. Meanwhile, the easiest thing to do is answer a question like fucking Clint Eastwood, like a tough guy, mm-hmm. when you're not actually in that situation. Yes. Like when you're on a fucking white couch in Man- midtown Manhattan, it's pretty easy to answer the question he was just asked. If there was a gun to your head and somebody mm-hmm. said, are you Christian, what would you do, Van Carson? Here we go. Play it. Because uh, not only would I probably not cooperate with him, I would, I would not just stand there and let him shoot me. I- Oh, that's a good idea. Well, what else would you do, Ben Carson? I would say, hey, guys, everybody attack him. He may shoot me, but he can't get us all. That's what he would say. If a gun was to Ben Carson's head and they said, are you a Christian? He would say, hey, guys, rush him. He can shoot one of us. But like, are you out of your mind? What kind of a fictional fucking world does this guy live in that he thinks that that makes sense? In a one where they did the polling and this would be a good answer. No, I see that's the thing. You, you, no, absolutely not. You don't think this so. is what this guy actually thinks. Okay. Nobody told him to say this because it's stupid. People are not going to, a certain percentage of the population is going to agree with him, but it's just like, 
that that's not realistic how that situation would go down his idea because he defends this in a couple uh-huh. of different interviews we'll, we'll get to it in a second okay. let's just finish this clip. take action <laughs> yeah exactly well, absolutely right. hopefully you won't have to have that happen uh, Doctor- I, I like that he he laughs like uh, he, he chuckles after most of his answers you'll see in a second see to me that takes away any human aspect because what, the little chuck yeah chuckle? the little chuckle because to me this is a very serious issue well, look, I and mean, he's well, right. about it's it. just not, uh, I mean, we're talking about it jokingly. I mean, we made fun of Umqua College and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Granted, we're not running for president, but, you know, you know why he's chuckling. Because he's not, whatever, you're right. It mm-hmm. is, it's disrespectful, right? As a guy that's trying to, like, make a point about yes. uh, mass shootings, yeah, he probably shouldn't just be laughing and be like, I'd rush the guy <laughs> so we don't die. Like, you're mm-hmm. such a dummy. Uh, all right this is Ben Carson so now all right so he says that Mm -hmm. so then people are like what the fuck is this idiot talking about so then he goes on CBS morning and he he talks about it again he clarifies his comments and then we have another (laughs) clip of him commenting on this interview all right whatever here we go Ben Carson on CBS um, in the morning or whatever the hell it's called to welcome Dr. Carson to Studio 57. Good to have you here. Thank you. What did you mean when you said I would not just stand there? Well, what do you think he meant, you fucking dunce? What a what a ridiculous question. I I um, No, it's that's um, it. I'm just dropping okay. it. What did you mean? Well, I meant exactly how the fuck it sounds. Yes. I want to plant in people's minds what to do in a situation like this because Unfortunately, this is probably not going to be the last time this happens. Mm-hmm. And Do you believe the victims in Oregon just stood there? Uh, from the indications that I got, they did not rush the shooter. The shooter can only shoot one person at a time. He cannot shoot a whole group of people. And uh, so the ideal is overwhelm him so that not everybody gets killed. <laughs> now, what I like about this is mm-hmm. that this guy's like appeal is that he's very sensible and you know he's and a doctor so he does, right <laughs> i mean he's right i guess that if you rush the shooter he can only shoot uh, one or two of you mm-hmm. but it's also crazy to just assume that people are going to snap into action like that and it's very easy to say it again from like a cbs morning studio to be like yes. that's the way to do it and I, you know look i've thought about it and i the best way to do it is to run at him like all mm-hmm. right th- thanks thanks not in the situation advice guy you 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 know what i mean like it's just it's just this it, it's stupid he's right to an extent i think people you know it's politics so they're going yes. after him when he says they shouldn't have just stood there he's not really criticizing the people that got killed he's no, just saying ideally they wouldn't have stood you know but but obviously right pick your words more carefully maybe don't come out with these dumb ideas people won't be able to, to criticize you but but you know you know yeah. you know what he was trying to say he, he's not trying to be unsympathetic it comes across that way which is part of being a politician but yes it is what it is now this is him this is the last clip we have of ben carson this is him out on the street after the interview when people are like can you just clarify this one more time because <laughs> it seems like you keep digging a deeper hole and you, you can't seem to get out of it Dr. Carson, can you okay. clarify your statements on the Oregon shooting? What needs clarification? Do you? I guess there's an implication that you're saying that the the students didn't do enough to save themselves. No, I just said nothing about them. I said what I would do. And can you say what you would do? I would I would ask everybody to attack the gunman because he can only shoot one of us at a time. That way we don't all wind up dead. Dr. <laughs> that way we don't all end up dead. <laughs> and then he just gets in his uh, his Escalade. So there you go. Yeah, but see, you're being asked the same question over and over and over again, and he chuckles twice. Why? Why? Why do you think he's keep on chuckling? This it seems a, he's a 
weird guy. It just seems to me odd. He's a weird guy. He's 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 tone deaf. First of all, I mean, they, we talk about doctors like having bedside manner. He probably doesn't have that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He's just a very like rote guy. He thinks what he thinks. He he uh, believes he's being, I guess, scientific or whatever. Like, and that that is what it is. I think it's just kind of a nervous tick. He's not made for prime time. This dude. I mean, he's he's boring as all fuck. Like, that's true. You know, so that's just the way he is. And I think it's maybe like a little nervous tick that he does, and and that's the story. But. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. he—he's a silly—he's a silly goose. That guy, I, I don't get it. Well, I could see his point about everyone rushing. I, <laughs> I just know what I would do, and I'd be honest: is probably freeze the fuck up. Yeah, of course, that's what most people are going to do. The, you know, yeah, maybe you rush the guy, but but run, know that if you're going to run at that shooter, you're going to get shot a bunch of times and probably get killed. His point, I guess, is that you're going to get killed anyway. So, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. Who knows what this? Is. He's talking about this is going to keep happening. There's nothing we can do about it other than when you're in the situation, run at the shooter. I guess that's what he's trying to say. Fine, offer Fine. solutions. That's his solution, Joey. This is going to keep happening. See, that's the thing. That's like what the goofy, like being practical nature of this is, where he's like, mm-hmm. "Look, we're going to get shot again. People are going to get killed. So when that happens, just run at the shooter. That, that's that's his solution. He doesn't have a, a, a solution outside of that. Uh, and I guarantee that if he was president, which God, he's not going to be. Mm-hmm. If he was, he would not pass new gun legislation. He would just probably go on TV and be like, "Listen, guys, you know, everyone rush. A, here's an idea: when there's a fire, leave the room. Like those are his ideas. He's like, we can't, we can't prevent the thing, but here's what this you do when you it do. happens. All right, uh, we have time, I think. Right? What time is it? Five fifteen? Yeah, we have got plenty of time. All right, great. Let's. Uh, you want to get to this angry mom uh, situation that I mentioned before? Yes, it went viral. Yeah, you love saying things went viral, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, this is a woman named... Oh, my God. I went to the wrong one. Hold on, Joey. Pause. Uh, this is a woman named Tara Callie, which is a questionable name mm-hmm. off the rip. Bakersfield, California. She posted an assignment that her kid got at school on Facebook with her comments written onto this assignment. Would you mm-hmm. like to know what the assignment was and what she had to say about it? Yes. It's an assignment called Section 3, Islamic Beliefs and Practices. Uh-oh. I, t- we got a problem here. The assignment is write the five pillars of Islam. Okay. And this is how she responded to that. She wrote on the form, she wrote, my son will not be a part of this in any sort of way. Meanwhile, she's a dunce because she wrote will in capital letters and underlined it a bunch of times instead of capitalizing not and underlining that. that so it seems like the kid's gonna be involved okay then she says this is bad teaching material <laughs> he will not partake if you have a problem with it call our lawyer and then she writes a bunch of bible verses <laughs> oh my god then she then she continues at the bottom it was like a summary of the belief she goes how about christian practices that sheet has never came home this year or last. Also, she must be an English major because in her anger, she she managed to write uh, pretty poorly. Then there's also a, a part where you like barcode scan on your phone mm-hmm. and it'll give you a sound clip of like a, uh, you know, an Islamic prayer. And she writes with an arrow. Seriously? Uh, so why don't you calm the fuck down, you crazy bitch? Like this is a person who's just a- absolutely out of their minds. We went to Catholic school, elementary school, and high school. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We learned about Judaism and Islam and all this stuff. Uh, even there, it wasn't that that crazy. This woman's just out of her, out of her fucking mind. I, 
To like, me, God, sorry. What, what the teachers did make sense. You want to learn about other cultures, other religions. So a good way is to have kids do that. Well, I'm assuming it's some kind of theology class or mm-hmm. some kind of social studies or whatever the hell it is. I don't, you know, I've been in school in quite a while, but I'm assuming they have. I mean, they're going to get to Buddhism and Hinduism and Christianity, obviously. Right? Like, that's yes. what it seems like. It doesn't seem like it's just a, a math class and they're just deciding to do this. Uh, this woman is just a – she's an extremist. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if you put that person over in the Middle East or wherever, wherever ex- Muslim extremism is bred, she would be that if she was born there. She just doesn't get that because she's born in California and she's Christian and she thinks she's right. And it's – you know. Do you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. She's a dunce and she wants her kid to, to grow up uh, an unopened my a closed minded dunch just like her because she wants the kid not to to be exposed to anything that isn't christian what what a what an asshole and i guarantee that she watches fox and thinks there's a war on christmas and stuff too why do you think this went viral uh because there's a lot of other dumb people that are that probably think the same way and they're like good for you tara mm-hmm. you tell those uh those sharia law you know she, that's that's why Mm-hmm. Because it's somebody standing – we we value in this country to a weird extent people standing up to educators. And granted, education is not good in this country really. I mean to a large extent it doesn't foster uh, you know, good back and forth and different conversations. But we, we like – you know, in America, we like a person that stands up to the teacher like, you're not going to teach my kid about islam fuck that noise no muhammad no mm-hmm. that's 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 why that's why it goes viral because there's okay. a lot of people that are like goddamn right this is a christian nation like people that are gonna vote for ben carson they that's how they feel about it got any thoughts about that other than that i just wanted to bring it because that it's like because we go after you know extreme mm-hmm. language on with muslims and islam and i fucking hate this woman too i don't like her she's aggravating she's a christian i'm not into it mm-hmm Got anything else, Joey? There, or not what? on that. All right, I guess you don't share my uh, disdain for this woman. I I could understand maybe if the teacher had sent home an outline of what was going to be covered for the year, it would have well, been is, more acceptable. But this is the thing with education, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's missing in colleges, especially in the United States, when we talk about like you know political correctness and like these like super liberal ideologies it's the same thing that's happening here where it's like no i i can't be taught anything that i don't already know or believe in like that that's a dumb mindset that's not education then mm-hmm. that's just reinforcing the shit you already know and then you're going to grow up to be a dummy that can't uh, understand how the world works that's the problem i mean obviously this is a very this is a microcosm of of you know, a, a bigger problem, but it's like that, that is at the heart of it. What it is. It's like, I don't want to know anything that I'm not already privy to. And, and my, my beliefs are so fragile that if I see anything to do with Islam, I might be tricked into believing that like it's, it's mm-hmm. asinine. All right. You will, you want to move on to this uh, 2016 update and then we'll close the show with your, uh, your 50, 50 shades of gray reading. Yep. We've got some uh, real clear politics poll numbers on both uh, both sides of the aisle nationally and the Republicans, Donald Trump, 23.2%, Ben Carson, 17.2%, Carly Fiorina, 10.4%, followed by Rubio, who's just about at 10%, and Jeb Bush, who's moving up a little bit at 8.4%. He's in uh, fifth place now. Again, realistically, Trump and Carson, they cannot, they're not going to win this thing. And I also have some information about Trump that we'll get into. In Iowa, Trump's mm-hmm. up 22 to 
uh, 22 to 16 over Carson in New Hampshire. He's up 23 to 14 over Carly Fiorina. Nationally on the Democratic side, Hillary Clinton, 41.6% to Bernie Sanders, 25.2. And Joe Biden's in third at 18.9%. Who's not even in He's it. not going to run, probably. Uh, in Iowa, this is where it gets a little dicey for old Hill Dog. It's 37.3% for Hillary Clinton in Iowa, 31% for Bernie Sanders. To me, that's a toss-up uh, this far out. I mean, if it stayed that close when you're getting towards election day, that could go either way because mm-hmm. you really don't know turnout and how people are going to vote actually on the day in new hampshire bernie sanders is actually up 41 to 20 uh to about 30 percent uh over hillary clinton so he has to get that number right in iowa and if he wins iowa then i think it's going to be a huge problem for her but we'll see what and happens. then you think the dominoes will fall yeah again like i said the first the first you know vote is a massive vote so mm-hmm. if he can be very close or edge her out he's going to win new hampshire then and then it's going to be a, a huge problem for her this is interesting. General election matchups. Hillary Clinton beats Trump uh, 46 to 43, about three and a half uh, over Trump. In a, This is what I keep talking about, why I think Bush is eventually going to get the nomination. He's the only one that could actually be president, really, on the right. I mean, Rubio could, I guess, but like Bush, Bush could really do it. In a head-to-head, him versus Clinton, he's up. He's hmm. actually ahead of her by 0.3%, which is a toss-up, but at least he's he's in the right position. He's in the right And direction. also, Carson has a 1.4% higher than Bush does, but I think that's just because we're so far out at this point. But Bush is actually doing better than Trump, which should tell you something. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Trump presented, in my opinion, this week, the first hint to exiting the race. Would you like to hear what Donald Trump had to say? Yes. He says... I'm not a masochist, and if I was dropping in the polls where I saw that I wasn't going to win, why would I continue? I believe in polls. How many elections do you see where the polls are wrong? Not that many. So Trump's giving a little he's giving a little indication that if this starts to go south, like if he moves to second place, he's going to get out. He doesn't give a shit. I, I think he can handle second place. I think he's saying if he gets down to third place, Why would you even bring out. it up? Why would this be something that you're even saying if you're really running for president? Because he's looking at the polls. Yeah, he's looking at the polls because he's winning now because it's easy. If it starts to go south a little bit, he's out. Trump's going to be out. I'm just saying, to me, that's the first hint of him. Does he make it to Iowa, yes or no? Yeah, he'll probably get to Iowa. I mean, unless he says something insane or whatever, unless he doesn't feel like doing it anymore. It's a long way away to Iowa. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, What else? Bernie Sanders raised $26 million from 1.3 million donors in the third quarter, which is... An insane amount of people. So he's getting very small donations from a ton of people, which is mm-hmm. nice. Hillary Clinton pulled $28 million, down from $47.5 million last quarter. Wow. So Bernie's pulling the same amount of money as Hillary, which is stunning. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll just see what happens there. I just wanted to put it out there. Um, I think that's about it, Joey. How do, how do you feel the show went? I thought the show went very well today. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to close out with you uh, doing your Fifty Shades of Grey reading. I want to say this. I want to do a couple of plugs. SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast on there. Leave a comment. We really appreciate it. You can also go now on YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can watch. I put up full episodes uh, video, which is nice because you can, you know, see what we're looking at Mm -hmm. when we're talking about different things. You can also find the live stream on there. There's a playlist called Stand Up New York Labs live stream. We live stream at four o'clock every thursday and we've been pretty consistently getting uh started on time that video like that portal as we've been calling it you can go on there and you can watch all the shows live stream on this network but you can find it really easily if you go to youtube.com slash mandatory samson please subscribe on there send us an email mandatory samson at gmail.com i respond to all of them and 
if they're pretty good, I might read them on the show and help spark a discussion. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mansamp. This guy over here is Joey from Jersey with a Z. At Joey from Jersey with a Z. I'm also on Snapchat. Mansamp. Joey is also on Snapchat. Same shit. Um, we're gonna finish with the song Bone Bony Bear. Uh, it's called Holocene. I don't know why. I just came across it again the other day. It was a song I used to listen to, and that's what we're gonna finish the show with. Uh, big thanks to Little Joe Herrera. It was great to have you in the building. Uh, Shelby, Thanks, guys. pleasure as always. Dynamite drop in on that uh, that that shooting comment. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for doing what you guys do. Joey, why don't you uh, read this Fifty Shades darker excerpt, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll shut it down. <coughs> Take your bra off, he autos. I sit up and do as I'm told. Lie down. I want to look at you. I lie down, gazing up at him as he slowly rolls the condom on. I want him so badly. He stares down at me and licks his lips. You are a fine sight, Anastasia Steele. He bends over the bed and slowly crawls up and over me, kissing me as he goes. He kisses each of my breasts and teases my nipples in turn while I groan and wither beneath him, and he doesn't stop. Hold on a second, Joe, shall we? Mm. Oh! God damn. <laughs> Shelby's really enjoying this. You're turning him on. Finish up, Joey. No, stop. I want you. Christian, please. Please what? He mumbles between my breasts. I want you inside me. Do you want me now? Please. Gazing at me, he pushes my legs apart with with his. Yeah, it's poorly written. He pushes her legs apart with his. And moves so that he's hovering around me. Hovering. 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 (laughs) Above me. He's back. Take off your pants. I'm going to vacuum the carpet real quick, and then we're going to get down. Without taking his eyes off my... He sinks into me at a delicious slow pace. <laughs> I close my eyes, wrestling the fullness. Relishing the fullness. The exquisite my voice feeling. Is, my, hold on. My voice is like really tailor-made to read this today because I have a little, bit of a, a little bit of a sore throat. This is solid radio. Good, Joey. The exquisite feeling of exquisite his possession. feeling. Instinctively tilting my pelvis up to meet him, to join with him, groanly loudly. He eases back and very slowly fills me again. My fingers find their way into his silky, unruly hair, and he so slowly moves in and out again. Faster, Christian, faster, please. He gazes down at me in triumph and kisses me hard. Then he really starts to move. Holy cow, a punishing, relentless, oh fuck. And now it will not be long. He sets a pounding rhythm. I start to quicken. My legs teasing, tensing, tensing beneath him. Come on, baby, he grasps. Gasps. Gasps. Give it to me. His words are mine undoing, and I explode magnificently, mind-numbingly, into a million pieces around him, and he follows calling out my name. Anna. Oh, fuck. Anna. He collapses on top of me, his head buried in my neck. Ugh. Wow, that was I'm I I know I'm sick, but I feel like I have a fever now. I'm so I'm so hot by that. That was great. You did a great job, Joey. I think we're gonna have to bring back you reading something, you know, once in a while because I really like this segment. I'm glad. Did you Did you like yes, that passage? I, I did enjoy the passage. Okay, I think everybody else did. I mean, I'm sure Anastasia Steele and Christian Gray really enjoyed themselves on that passionate night. And it just got a little bit darker. Oh, very good. Perfect tie-in. Listen, you guys are the best. We love you. We love all the comments. We love all the support. We're going to be back next week for MSP 51 onward and upward. 
for a thousand more episodes. A thousand times a thousand. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>